me think of what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, this week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about... You should have written at least the intro. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about how I should write intros. <laughs> Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> it's not worth watching. <laughs> it's not sucks. worth talking about. Set this one out. What? This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about the stories we're thankful to have written in 2019. It's going to be great. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi, guys. Chris Larson. Hey, hey. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Most weeks, we give you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love. But this week, we're going to do something different because it's Thanksgiving week. I am going to ask one question of our panel, and then we're going to talk about some of our favorite stories of the year so far in 2019. So to start us out, in keeping with the Thanksgiving theme, I'm going to ask you guys, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish and why? And I'm going to start with Marty. I probably have to say my wife's stuffing. She puts uh, breakfast sausage in it. Oh my gosh! To go with already the goodness of what stuffing. What an amazing idea! So it really <laughs> elevates the dish further. <laughs> yes. We're not actually having it this year, so I'm pretty bummed. Yeah. But uh, it is probably my favorite dish outside of. I also like the dark meat of turkey. Just kind of jumping into that. But yeah. you know, as far as a side, that'd probably be my favorite. I like dark meat better. Uh, Chris, how about you? So I am a comfort food dude so like mashed potatoes anything that's like kind of warm and rich and Mm -hmm. soft so like Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes just about anything that's going to show up on the dessert table at most you know family get togethers i'm Mm -hmm. usually you know i'm usually there same same how about you Haley? um i have a tie it's between my cousin jerry's crescent chicken which i'll explain in a second and my aunt billy's peach cobbler so crescent chicken is basically shredded chicken cream cheese shredded cheese all mixed together and then wrapped into crescent rolls and then you pour Velveeta over it and oh my god. Wow. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> amazing. So good. good. Sounds good. Um, <clears throat> and peach cobbler is peach cobbler. You can't mess it up. Yeah. My aunt makes really good peach cobbler. Like crescent chicken, just hearing it, I'm pretty sure like my blood pressure spiked <laughs> about two points yeah. just but on the description. You can look at it and then like automatically regret it. <laughs> but it's so good. I, I never regret it. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, my wife makes an awesome uh, broccoli casserole. So I'm gonna I like say broccoli that. casserole. And like half my family won't eat it because they think it's healthy, but it's totally, it's totally not. not. It's like cheese and butter. And, and you took what? Condensed milk or something. Condens- yeah, it's got like cheese in it. And yeah, yeah, you basically just like perverted the anything. Yeah, there is about. broccoli in it technically, <laughs> yes. but uh, it is mostly cheese and butter and crackers. Yes. It's like putting lettuce on a burger and calling <laughs> it a salad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That's exactly yep. it. Um, so anyway, that, uh, that was our Thanksgiving question this week um because we're we're kind of recording this show earlier than we normally do because i'm going to be out for a little while uh and because news kind of slows down on holiday weeks i figured instead of doing the regular uh news of the week stuff we would do something different we would um talk about just stories that we're thankful to have covered in 2019 so just all of us individually have written stories in 2019 uh some of them uh you know Big ones that we invested a ton of time in, and, and of course a thousand little small ones. Uh, so I'll just go around the room. I'll start with Haley, and you, we can all just talk about our favorite uh, favorite stories to have covered in 2019, basically. But I'm framing it as thankful, just to keep on theme. So uh, a story that I truly am thankful. It's a reoccurring story. 
John Schnatter has been selling his steak in Papa John's, and can I just say it's been giving us so many page views. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we probably shouldn't talk about how many, but uh, plenty. <laughs> pl- plenty page views. If you guys are unfamiliar with Business First and American City Business Journals, we have a agreement with Yahoo Finance, and our stories get picked up on there. And uh, John, people are really interested on Yahoo Finance yeah. on what every John time we Schnatter mention John doing. Schnatter, it just goes crazy. So I'm I'm thankful for that thread to continue throughout the summer and now the fall. Um, it's been really helping me get some web traffic from that kind of story. <laughs> but um, in all honesty, a story that I'm really thankful for um, was my recent cover story on venture capital because it was really out of my comfort zone. Um, I write a lot about startups, but not a lot about money, and um, I feel like it really gave me a good working knowledge on, you know, venture capital, how it works, who's getting it, where it's coming from. Um, and I feel thankful to have that knowledge built in now. Yeah, it's a good one. How about you, Chris? I bet you, I bet you guys can't guess. I bet it has something to do with U of L and Jewish hospital. Oh my gosh, you guys are so smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I, mean, I said the other day you were out of the room. I said I think this U of L Jewish thing is Chris's Sergeant Pepper's. So <laughs> pretty much like for our young people, that means they're really great piece of work. That uh, <laughs> yeah, and like I put a lot of I put a lot of time and effort, and uh, you know if anybody has anything has any experience working like even tangentially with government or higher education, a lot of frustration going along with yeah, that as well. Yeah, for sure. So I mean the. The reason that you know it's it's been you know good you know good to write about and why I'm thankful I've had the chance to do it is because it encapsulates so many you know facets of you know Louisville all just in one story. You have two huge iconic institutions. You have you know Jewish Hospital and you know Kentucky One Healthcare. You have the University of Louisville, probably mm-hmm. and arguably the most important important institution here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, converging in this dramatic big dollar figure, you know, kind of way. And there's politics involved with Frankfurt. Absolutely. You know, there's politics. There's the will they, won't they of it. <laughs> yes. At least there was early on when it's like, well, will UofL take over Jewish Hospital in Kentucky? One, then they didn't, but then they did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's this question of, well, you know, they did, and they got out in front of everybody, and they took it on without, you know, with admitting that they didn't have, you know, money that they needed and that they needed a partner, and then the money that they're supposed to be getting from the state is just on a political promise. Mm-hmm. There's so much there, and then kind of as like a second to that, just because like that's the only thing I ever talk about when I come on the podcast. And yeah. about stuff. <laughs> uh, the second story that I'm really thankful to have been able to write is the cover story that I wrote on Simmons College. You know what it's all about. Yeah. Its position in the that's community. Just a few weeks ago. Its potential uh, to you know impact the city as a whole mm-hmm. because it gave me time to spend a lot of time on the phone and in person with leaders I hadn't had the chance to really communicate with, and mm-hmm. it gave me a perspective on the city that I didn't previously have. Yeah. Yeah, how about you, Marty? I would have to say uh, there's a few. Um, the most say everybody's naming two at this point. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I've got. I think I've got uh, two. Um, the first one is is fairly recently when we learned that the uh, National Women's Soccer League is going to launch a professional franchise here, an expansion team that's going to yeah. go live in 2021. We were sort of on the ground floor of that. Uh, the Athletic had put out a story on a Saturday night that you know there was some rumor this was going to happen uh, mm-hmm. we were the first local publication to jump on it and to confirm it with yeah, the team yeah and you confirmed it so we confirmed it with the team on like sunday sunday morning yeah. um pretty early went ahead and did a story pushed it out um and then from there you know we got to cover just a little bit of the inner workings of the team and the formal announcement came shortly thereafter yeah but then here just recently we saw some uh, one of our um, coworkers noticed some trademark um uh, applications for the crest as well as the name proof mm-hmm. Louisville FC 
And so, again, we jumped out and got kind of ahead of that. Um, so people were talking about it on Twitter, but no one had reported on it yet. So we, again, was able to confirm it, mm-hmm. get the story out there. So we've been able to be right there kind of on the ground floor of that. I wasn't here when Louisville City FC was announced. Mm-hmm. That was about a year before I started here. So uh, it was nice to be on the ground floor of one of these yeah. pro franchises. you got good contacts at the yeah. soccer. Yeah, uh, it helps. So uh, <clears throat> more so. from a pr- reporting perspective, I think that was when I was really – uh, thankful to be a part of the uh, second one was my uh, summer cover story on Whiskey Row. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at how it kind of came back from its old its glory days, you know, pre prohibition, and I really got to dive into the history of it and kind of how you know it's came full circle. But I got to talk to a lot of the kind of architects of who brought it back, and mm-hmm. and some of the most candid interviews I've ever done. Everybody was just very relaxed. Got some really great quotes. Just some really good stories. And, you know, I've gotten a ton of compliments on that one uh, just from the storytelling perspective. So that one was a fun one to do from a writer's perspective. Right. And you just had an, I was going to say, you just had another Whiskey Rose story last week mm-hmm. that I think got a lot of attention to. Yeah, they, um, and this is something that the, the, um, the different um, developers there had partnered on uh, to try to make sort of a, almost like a Bourbon Street feel behind Was- there on Washington Street, so behind Main Street. Uh, kind of have that festive atmosphere, you know, drinks, live music, yeah, uh, special events. So there's now a move in Metro Council to make that sort of a designated event space, mm-hmm. so they could get a license with the Kentucky ABC and host special events there. So that's just was introduced in the uh, uh, City Council and will be uh, now going through committee. But you know, we could see some parties there during the NCAA tournament or. You know, whenever in the summer. Yeah. So that that's their goal is to make that kind of a destination within Louisville, uh, Whiskey Row, with all the retail and uh, restaurants and bars, and the, now the two hotels. Um, you've got sort of everything in line for something like that. So mm-hmm. I'll share a couple as well. Um, my, well, I was going to say kind of j- jokingly, but then you guys had good answers. I was going to say covering louder than life because I got to see Guns N' Roses <laughs> for that story. Um, but uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw that one in as an honorable mention. I, I think going to San Francisco this year uh, with GLI for the uh, annual Glide trip, you know, uh, that was a um, – uh, several stories, but I did wrap it all into one piece at the end. Um, Marty was going to go to that. He's usually our Glide reporter, uh, but he couldn't make it um, this year. So he's like, hey, will you go to San Francisco for me? And I was like, I don't know, Marty, maybe. And then I just went and had a great time. So uh, just being able to go out there and kind of look at um, some of the uh, startup you know, culture there, I thought it was really inspiring to see um, – the way a lot of companies work out there, they, they definitely move faster than here. Like, it seems like we come up with an idea that we sit on it for a while and then we kick it around and we ask a few people, is this idea crazy? And then, uh, then we do the idea. Whereas out there, it just seems like they go, Hey, got an idea. Let's do this. And then like, you know, and, and, you know, uh, that leads to a, you know, maybe not as long a vetting process, but it kind of just creates this interesting culture that they have business culture. Um, and it comes with ups and downs. And I talked about that in the stories I wrote, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, housing challenges out there and that sort of thing. And, uh, really put in perspective, cause we talk about growth in Louisville all the time. Um, and put in perspective, you know, 
uh, yeah, I always say I want Louisville to grow, 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 but the, you do have to do it smart. And it kind of made me stop for a second. Wait, I want Louisville to grow, but I don't want it to grow quite that fast because they did have some housing challenges and homeless uh, homelessness challenges. So, uh, and then um, the th- second or maybe third story I'll talk about. I did a story on transportation early in the year. It was about uh, just. Uh, the ability for people who need jobs to get to jobs and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, looked at TARC and looked at some other things there. And I think that that was interesting to research because I like looking at uh, big citywide challenges like that and uh, kind of... Uh, societal issues. Yeah, societal issues and kind of like picking them apart and saying, all right, what's going on here? And really getting into Did, the weeds. Didn't you do the cover story on uh, wiping the slate clean? Was that you? Wiping the slate clean. The one on expungement of... Uh, no, that wasn't me, actually. Who what, who did that story? Was that... I did a story like that. I think that was... Yeah. Larson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you want me to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. T- talk about it. All right, so... We had some Ukrainian journalists ask about that story, so... Yeah, that's right. Ukrainian moving journalists. Moving out of the frame We're of also going to need to explain that one, too. So, yeah. so the wiping the slate clean. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about a lot early in the year was the unemployment rate, and, you know, it's still... Unemployment rate's still really low, but early in the year it was getting down to like historic. Everyone was losing their minds levels. Uh, people couldn't find workers. And the story that, that I wrote early in the year basically uh, looked at, you know, what does, what needs to change to get more people that are on the sidelines of the workforce into the workforce. Right. One of the things that was talked about is expungement, where people who have made mistakes in the past, who have felonies and otherwise wouldn't qualify for certain jobs, uh, can, you know, could be looking at a source we could be looking at a source of untapped talent for a lot mm-hmm. of the jobs that really desperately need to be filled so mm-hmm. there's a you know there's a movement to get um you know to make sure that expungement is more accessible to people who have paid whatever price that they need to pay to society and we can make try to get these people back to work and um, right. and you know there's a you know there's a couple you know different you know kind of parties that are behind that louisville you know urban league's one that's behind it um and Wasn't GLI behind that as well? The state chamber's yeah. also making a, gonna make chamber. a big push this yeah. year. Yeah, and it's all about you know it's all about making sure that we can cope with a really powerful you know economic force that a lot of people are dealing with, and that being you know low unemployment and a good economy. Yeah, and you mentioned the Ukrainian journalists. I know you're totally not prepared to give a yeah. presentation on that. But, I could. I could talk uh, about I was out of the office last week I when that took place. Too, so sorry. yeah, what was the? Tell me about the Ukrainian journalists. What was uh, the was organization called that brought them over here? Uh, world Affairs something. Yeah, World Affairs Council. World, <laughs> world Affairs Council brought a group of UK- young Ukrainian journalists in. Um, I f- forget how big the group was. Maybe about 10, maybe about 10 journalists plus a translator because only a couple of them spoke English um, fluently. I think they got bits and pieces of what we were saying. But anyways, there was a translator there. Uh, they came here to figure out how Business First works. Um, kind of, They asked a lot of questions about um, how we make a profit and the sustainability of news because in Ukraine it's very difficult for them to actually make a profit or even just sustain a news source there because people don't want to pay for it whether that's with advertising or subscriptions or mm. anyway they they really struggled with that so they were really curious about our business model and how we profit we're very curious about our business model too. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and another thing that i i thought was interesting as part of that conversation was you know talking about um you know some of the about the industry general generally and it's interesting to see how the problems that we're facing in american in the american press as far as like our business model go is the exact same on the other side of the planet yeah i mean we're all we're still talking about like we're all talking about how you know 
the how print new, how newspapers are a diminishing source of revenue for organizations and now as a physical medium they're probably going to disappear mm-hmm. in our lifetimes if not just in the next couple of years yeah and how people worldwide have gotten so used to getting news for free on the internet that when mm-hmm. it's time to start you know when when businesses like ours start charging for the news online when previously it was free people kind of balk at it even though it's the exact same product that they would get on a paper it's just on their tablet or on their laptop mm-hmm. yeah. they just think that's the craziest thing in the world is to pay <laughs> for a news article that you would otherwise pay for to get in a newspaper yeah yeah they also asked us what we thought the life cycle would be for a print product and we're i don't think any of us have a good answer to that but we you know talked about how generational differences how some people still prefer to flip through a paper while you know, people in younger generations aren't going to want to do that. So I think as generations change, you know, print products will eventually phase out. Um, yeah. I think even in the last five years, when I first got here, everyone seemed like still really, really wanted the print product. And it was still, I mean, it's still important, but it was still kind of our premier yeah. thing. Digital was still, was something we were still kind of developing. And that's flipped so much. A lot of the people that the sources that I were talking to that love the print product and only use the print product, most of them are using digital now just as much, if not more. Yeah. So even just in five years, we've seen our own readers kind of habits change quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I get that question a lot. How long is the print edition going to go on? And I always say 10 to 20 years. I, you know, it's hard to <laughs> it's say. Hard to say. I think it, yeah. Well, I think for us, like our print product is different. We have a weekly print product, yeah. right? Yeah, our so print product is very different than a than daily menu. And, you know, our lead, yeah. I think our leads section is still something that people love. Plus, people like having their businesses in our mm-hmm. journal, and it's like they don't think it's as distinguished if it's online. Yeah. It's true. Even though it's like the same story, it's but if you print it out, you know, that's like better. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit more validation in getting, you know, print coverage than just a typical online, online story. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, any half decent blog could you know want to charge you for advertising but like i don't know a print product kind of sets you apart in that way but yeah um one more quick thing on the ukrainian journalists just because i think everyone would be curious to know this um with all of the impeachment trial and stuff going on with ukraine uh we asked them you know what do you guys think about you know what's been happening with the u.s and ukraine relations and they're like we don't care. <laughs> we we have we have no interest in what Trump That's says so about us. <laughs> we have we don't care at all. Um, we're more concerned with corruption within our own government. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Because they have a member of parliament who is currently like facing some sexual assault accusations, and he's serving a parliament. And they just said they have bigger problems to worry about yeah. than what Donald Trump is saying about them, which I thought was just you know unique. I guess. Yep. Did they talk about free press at all? Like with that, they have a totally free press, and I think their open records laws are better than what we have Is here. Is that right? Wow. Did all three of you guys go? I didn't get to go. I really wanted to, yeah. but I had to. Yeah, and I had commitment. to step out to take take care of a breaking yeah. story. Yeah, and I w- I had signed up to go, but then I went to Focus Global last week. So it was me, you, our you, photographer Chris Fryer, and uh, managing editor Jason Thomas, and then yeah. part time yeah. Chris. You mentioned <laughs> just in, as a quick aside, our press our. FOIA records, which is Freedom of Information Act, for those who are not familiar, are yeah. so weird just from state to state. They're so segmented. Yeah. There's not really, there's a federal FOIA, but then you've got these states who all have their different laws. Some are more open than others. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of FOIA requests in multiple states, so I've been getting a feel for who's who's really good and who's not. You know, I've learned that Ohio is so much better than Kentucky, but Kentucky is better than Missouri, which is very closed off. So it's just weird to see how from state to state 
it's kind of a completely different yeah yeah set up they all have system. different systems because yeah. i worked in indiana for a long time and yeah. it, it has a totally different system which i thought was better you don't have to file a lawsuit to challenge a yeah, open records exactly. you can just there's like there's a person in an office that judges these things called the open records or the public records counselor or mm-hmm. something. and it's like here you have to file a lawsuit in the court system if yep. you want to challenge it and it's like well that's expensive yeah. <laughs> you know but uh all right, interesting stuff. Uh, anything else to add on the uh, Ukrainian journalist? They were, like, they were all really young. I asked if they were yeah. students, and they all laughed at me. They <laughs> immediately knew what the word student was and laughed. <laughs> no, they were all in like their early 30s. They just seemed really young. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they looked. I saw the photo. They looked young. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that came about, I don't know the exact details, but I think um, we get exchanged journalists from other countries as well yeah uh we hadn't had them at business first but i think at news and tribune uh the newspaper at uh in jeffersonville indiana where uh, jason used to work uh, prior to coming here uh he had worked with him there and i think that's how that relationship got formed or whatever but um I, i'm kind of guessing there so don't uh, don't hold me to that i guess that is true okay <laughs> all true checks out can confirm, uh, <laughs> can confirm. <laughs> all right let's see here so again um if we're gonna we call that a show this week uh it's different but uh here we are um anyway uh, yeah I, 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 I noticed the low battery on the camera there uh so we'll see what happens with that <laughs> <laughs> might not be a video episode this week we'll see um before before we sign off, let's go around the room and share our social media handles so folks can get in touch with us. Um, and Haley, I'll start with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Haley. That's H-A-L-E-Y. Um, I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of the, all of the things. <laughs> if you want to look me up on there, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and Chris, how about you? Yeah, so on Twitter at Chris, You can also find me on LinkedIn. Try to be really engaged there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter at BF Lou Marty, LinkedIn under my name. Those are the two big ones for work. I'm also on Facebook. So if you want to see me post some weird thing, some weird meme or that, something uh, about my child, about the Mandalorian. Yes, <laughs> big fan of the Mandalorian. If you haven't yeah. seen it. Still Boba Fett. Anyway, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BF Lou David and on um, LinkedIn and also on Instagram at dman three thousand and one. Um, so that's it for our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to us on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, etc., etc. Uh, you can also reach out to us at the email address accesslouisville at bizjournals.com. Um, we are experimenting with video. We ha- I think we have a problem with video right now. I think our camera's off, but um, but this show may or may not be published on our uh, on the Louisville Business First Facebook page. Uh, so if you if this one's not, you can check out last week's show. It's there. Um, and um, I think that's it. So thank you very much, Marty, Chris, and Haley. Thank you guys for listening at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>